0: for lover warm pacific greetings and welcome to the Pacific Wayfinder. My name is Eliora Malifa and today I'm very excited to be speaking with one of the Australia Pacific Security Colleges four inaugural PhD candidates joining us all the way from Suva is Leituwala Queen Selani Tango Elisara. Leituwala is the regional director of Polynesia at the Pacific Community or SPC located in Fiji. She is also undertaking a PhD with the Australia Pacific Security College, focusing on security in the region post-COVID-19. We will also be speaking with Salah Dr George Carter, Research Fellow in Geopolitics and Regionalism, and also Director of the Pacific Institute at the Australian National University. Between the two of our guests today, there is a lot to cover. Specifically, we'll be talking about undertaking research in the region, looking to the future, and security strategies. So we better get into it. Le to sala malo la vosso Welcome to you both. How are you today? So for uh Eliora um
1: va tale mo e faccio cel noi in Um I'm doing well and um really really grateful to be part of this conversation.
2: Batalo fa pai o tato fonga. Thank you for the opportunity to join in our podcast today.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start with you. Uh, would you mind talking about your background? What work have you done that has brought you here to the PSE doing a doctorate?
1: Um, thanks, uh, Eliora. Um, my background is in community and social development policy and practice, where I worked as a public servant for the government of Samoa for about 18 years. My last role there in governments being the head of the Ministry of Women, Community and Social Development before I joined in S- uh, SBC in uh, 2015, therefore becoming a regional public servant. Um, In the last uh, five plus years, I was director for the social development program, leading the work on cultural development, gender equality, and youth development across our 22 uh, Pacific countries and territories. And more recently, I've taken on the role of regional director for Polynesia, leading the exploratory work on the creation of a Polynesia regional office for the Pacific community. We have an office for Melanesia in Port Villa. We have an office for Micronesia in Ponape, but we don't have an office for Polynesia. How I got here with uh, uh, the PhD, um, it's an interesting story. I had a conversation with a colleague who's become a really good friend back in 2016. We were exchanging some documents on some work we had done individually and, you know, they said to me, how come you don't have your PhD already? you know, I've looked at your work, I think you should be doing your PhD. My reaction was, well, a PhD was never part of the plan. I have two children that I need to put through school, a family to support, and I need a full-time job to do that, which means a PhD was just impossible. Um, And so while this was just kind of like a conversation in passing, it actually planted the seed and ever since then, I started to explore possibilities, opportunities, connecting with my networks in the region and outside of the region to see what could be done. And one of those contacts is Dr. Rowan Ngashu, um, whom I met when I hosted them at SBC headquarters in New Caledonia in 2015, when she visited with members of the, uh, uh, Pacific members of the NRL, NRL group back then. So fast forward to 2020, uh, an opportunity for a scholarship came up. I submitted an application and I was really fortunate to have landed one out of the four scholarships offered by the Australia Pacific Security College to do my PhD.
0: Yes, so speaking of your PhD, I just want to take this opportunity to say congratulations Lituwala on receiving the scholarship. It's amazing to have you with us at the college and hopefully soon we'll be able to have you here physically as well. Um, also, speaking of having people around in person, finally, Salah, you spent a year in Samoa last year, also in COVID limbo. Um, and also, you've done a lot of work in the region. Can you talk about your background and how you came to be where you are?
2: Uh, thank you, Eliora. Um, likely Tuvalu, well, I'm also from Samoa, uh, having grown up uh, through my education, uh, high school, primary school and high school, And then uh, going to over to New Zealand, where I completed my undergrad, where we met at um, Victoria University, Wellington, fantastic university. Um, Upon return to Samoa, I worked with the American embassy as their political advisor for a good five years. And then it was time, you know, to uh, broaden sort of my education in terms of uh, masters. Um, And ANU was the first choice and was fortunate enough to receive an Australian award scholarship to con- uh, look into, um, to undertake uh, uh, two masters, um, one in a master's in international relations and a master's in diplomacy. Fortunately, towards the end of that year, I was, uh, received a university scholarship to remain on to conduct a PhD. Um, and it uh, was an important year because it was 2014, one year before the making of the Paris Agreement. And so that was the PhD back in uh, uh, 2014 to 18, uh, which explores the work of Pacific Island states leaders, negotiators, as well as different institutions within the Pacific and their involvement uh, in the making of the Paris Agreement. So the thesis explores not only the processes and the practices of negotiators, but also the politics and the relationships behind the scenes um, within these negotiations. And from there, um, uh, I guess, then landed another role here with the Australian National University, um, the research fellow that looks at geopolitics and regionalism in the Pacific. Um, And um, yeah, most recently, May became the director of the Pacific Institute, which brings together uh, more than two hundred plus scholars within the university that uh, study or uh, from the Pacific uh, here at anu Thank
0: you so this question is for the both of you what do you what do you both think are the issues around regional security in the pacific
1: um, I guess uh, perhaps i begin by saying that you know our location as the the blue Pacific continent presents several strategic opportunities for our region, which is a great thing. But at the same time, our location and the nature of our uh, countries and territories being small island states also exposes us to a number of security issues and a number of security challenges. Now, climate change, as you all know, is the greatest um, threat to our security as a region and the destructive effects of climate change regresses our progress as a region towards sustainable development. Now in saying that, we can't talk about climate security without talking about human security. And the same way where we can't talk about climate and human security without talking about food security, without talking about water security, even our own health security and our broader social, economic and environmental security. You know, all of which are part of that political ecology and the significance of the intersectionality and relationships across all of those dimensions and the various key elements of what constitutes security issues in our region and and the kind of issues that we
0: are currently faced with. Thanks Leituwala. So Salah, what do you think of the issues around regional security in the Pacific?
2: As we all know, back in 2018, the Bo Declaration, which brought together um, countries in the Pacific to not only discuss but articulate what are shared uh, security concerns within the region. And of course, this includes Australia and New Zealand in the discussion. Um, And as we all know, through the Bo Declaration, uh, the states uh, under the Pacific Island Forum and its territories under the Pacific Island Forum, articulated five key areas of regional priorities. One in terms of climate security, the second in terms of environmental security, transnational security, and of course, cybersecurity. But beyond these um, five uh, regional security areas, it's important and that is the work that's ongoing at the moment um, to unpack what these security, what really are the security concerns within these national governments but as well as the security project uh, within the security community. Um, In terms of my research, I focus on one aspect of this uh, regional priority, which looks at uh, climate security.
0: So one thing that I'm taking from both your answers is that you can't separate all the issues to do with security in the Pacific. They are intersectional and they overlap. Uh, Salah, you mentioned how security issues in the region um, are addressed through the Boy Declaration and Leetwala, you cite the declaration in the title of your research. Um, Could you please expand on this, on your topic, why this topic specifically and how you arrived there?
1: Yeah, Yeah, so my, as you said, my, my, um, the topic of my research is on security in the Pacific region and COVID-19 deconstructing the relevance of the Boyer declaration and regional security post COVID-19. The specific research question is what is the future of regional security in the Pacific and what does that look like in the post COVID-19 era? Um, in unpacking that research questions, there were a number of, there are a number of objectives. One of, of them being you know, to explore and compare what regional security looked like before, during, and post-COVID, including a focus on the measures put in place for health security and its subsequent impact on the broader social and economic security of the region. Um, To look at the regional differences and similarities of security policies and interventions, using national case studies from across the Pacific to do that, to deconstruct the regional architecture focused on regional security, particularly the boy declaration in the context of COVID, and to hopefully utilize the data and evidence from this research to inform policies, decision-making and programming around regional security in the Pacific. How did I come to this topic as a research project? Well, initially it was um, opportunistic. As I said, I've been exploring an opportunity to do a PhD Mm -hmm. and the security focused scholarship came up. But having said that, you know, the work that I do, my background and the broader work of my own organisation and the broader work that the crop mechanism does is all about ensuring regional security from different perspectives. Um, and from the perspectives of the different sectors and, you know, I feel like I'm strategically positioned to be doing a research like this and that has continued and continued to increase my own interest in the subject and my motivation to focus on this as a research for my
0: PhD. Salah, your research observed regional dialogues on climate change and eventually, I guess, you became part of the dialogue while you were doing the research. Can you comment on any cultural methods you employed when you undertook your research?
2: Um, The crux of the research looked at the concept of consensus consensus decision-making, but in particular consensus decision-making in multilateral negotiations. And so the research looks at four areas, four sites, Um, the Pacific Islands Forum, decision-making within the Pacific Islands Development Forum, Decision making within the UNFCC intercessional sessions, uh, which are held in Bonn, and decision making within um, UNFCC um, Conference of the Parties, which specifically looks at, uh, in Paris, the making of the Paris Agreement in 2015. I was fascinated with the idea of not only how states behaved in this decision making process, but more specifically states from the Pacific how small island states, which are deemed as vulnerable and frontline states, are able to make a claim within these international sites of amongst themselves, of 18 member states, to the wider uh, international relations, international politics of 193 plus countries. So essentially, the topic looks at dissecting um, international politics from worldviews of Pacific Island leaders, negotiators, and participants uh, in these international affairs. Uh, And doing so, it's a mixture. uh, The research uh, uses a mixture of methodologies from international relations. It was using what's known as process and practice tracing, which allows us to follow through narratives, but also actions of leaders uh, as they employ themselves in these negotiations. It is also about bringing together uh, political ethnography. This was an opportunity to participate in these meetings, not as a negotiator, but as an observer negotiator. And I was fortunate that through the governments of Samoa, Tuvalu, um, that I was able to participate in various different meetings under their negotiations. And that is because I am a student of international relations and diplomacy. But I'm also a student of Pacific Studies, uh, where we bring together inter... We are encouraged to not only bring together inter and transdisciplinary approaches, but also very strong, reflective and bringing into our research cultural context. And of course, one uh, known methodology uh, and some may call it a method that's used in these research is Talanoa. Without giving it a cultural name, I use it as an approach through empathetic and contextual interviewing, where it's about understanding the relationship between the interviewee and the uh, 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 participant, but also the context in which they're in, whether they are participating in the negotiations in Fiji, in Apia, or whether it be in New York or Paris. And so that's the, the research and the various different methodologies that are employed, which is a mixture of all those um, uh, disciplinary studies from international relations, diplomatic studies, but also Pacific studies.
0: So with the research that you're on the verge of undertaking, Leituala, I wanted to ask whether you can save any possible issues. Um, and I also wanted to ask specifically about the outcomes. What are you hoping to achieve? I
1: guess the... Um the challenges the challenges that um that I would um anticipate is i guess more broadly the challenges around how do we um how do we navigate uh this current environment you know where we're not able to get around we're not able to get to the actual countries where um, I will be doing a lot of the research. Um, and so how do we get over that and how do we kind of capitalise on what we can and what we can have access to to do that? So that would be the the major challenge for me. In terms of the process, I'm kind of confident that with my own context and networks that I have in the region, that that would already kind of set me up um, to already have kind of completed maybe half of the 50 percent of the process in terms of making those connections and engaging with the right people to do this not just at the regional level but also at national level um, through our members SBC's um, member countries. Um, In terms of uh, you know specific outcomes you know obviously um, three key themes around outcomes. This is about, as you would know um, and would appreciate, contributing to expanding and furthering knowledge on regional international security studies. Um, This is about policy outcomes where it is my hope that this research and results findings will help provide um, evidence-based decision-making around, specific regional security policy um, and also hope to have some kind of, um, you know, a publishable uh, documents at the end of it. Um, So I suppose that's more like the high level um, outcomes of where I would anticipate this to be going. But the, you know, the subsequent results of the actual research is, you know, really about sharing lessons applying learning across countries and across cultures to really advance our own regional security agenda as a collective, but also as sovereign nations who are all working towards building a regional security framework that's relevant to us, that's grounded in our own Pacific concepts and ensuring the sustainability and really the survival of our people.
0: Thank you so much for that breakdown, Nizwala. I think it's really interesting what you're looking at, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out, especially with the way that COVID is currently affecting the Pacific. Salah, I'll turn to you now. Uh, Do you mind speaking on where your research is currently taking you?
2: I've now taken a different approach in terms of the new research agenda. While I continue to follow climate negotiations, um, as well as uh, new work around climate education, I'm now fascinated and uh, we have embarked on a new project around climate security. Now, in this type of research, moving away from the international space at sort of the UNFCC level, I've now undertaken an approach uh, through action research. Now, in this action policy research, we have been able to um, set forth a working relationship with the Secretary of the Pacific Regional Environmental Programme to set forth uh, a climate change, uh, climate security work stream. Now, the approach here is that the research informs policy as it takes place in real time. Just as how the research uh, in the PhD was undertaking uh, or documenting negotiations in real time, uh, the new research ultimately looks at how policy in the Pacific both at the regional level, but at national level, uh, takes place at the real time. In this case, uh, I'm specifically looking at one of the core pillars that has been um, identified under the Broad declaration of climate security. And we are fascinated with how not only regional regional organizations uh, socialize, but also start to mobilize and then start implementing regional policies on climate security, we are also working with states in terms of how states mobilize and also um, implement uh, climate security within national policies. But that's one level, two levels of this research that um, explores regional approaches and national approaches on climate security. The two other levels that this research brings together is the role of community. Uh, and this concept of community security. And it's about linking practice, existing practice, what we undertake and call Indigenous traditional knowledge. I call it everyday knowledge. Uh, um, In terms of how community institutions, but also um, uh, people themselves and how they implement practices uh, in safeguarding or securing themselves through the impacting uh, through impacts of climate change, not just now but into the future. and then the fourth level looks at individual security. that looks at sort of um, work around social protection, inclusivity, identifying the vulnerable people uh, and vulnerable populations uh, through security, uh, climate change. and this uh, at the moment looks at bringing together um, areas around gender and women, children and elderly. So what's different about this type of approach to existing approaches? Well, first, it's a very grim uh, research and we have started this already in terms of providing situational analysis, both regional and national level for selected countries. Um, It's a grim because we look, try and look into the future of what the Pacific would look like in 30 years' time, in 50 years' time, under 1.5 degree and through 3 degrees. Uh, we look at the grim reality that the coastal areas will have to be uh, inundated, that certain areas will be unlivable in terms of flooding, there won't be enough food and water. That type of futuristic approach and giving that future lens allows policymakers today to say, this is what we need to do now. And that's the symbiotic relationship that we are trying to work with with SPRIP. Um, but I'd also like to say that this is uh, an approach that is bringing together various different researchers in this uh, um consortium that we're trying to create from the University of South Pacific, from the National University in Samoa, and hopefully other Pacific uh, scholars within the Pacific, because purely this is something that's already out there that we need to document. And that's this uh, project on climate security. Beyond that, the next aspect of this is the involvement of Australia in this because we cannot forget about the relationship that Australia has with the Pacific. And that's the other unique aspect of this. Um, it's not just at that national policy level. Uh, we now have, uh, working with a group of great, um, PhDs, but also honor students who are looking at this relationship of the diaspora and how, how they are relating to the Pacific in terms of climate change. Huh? And we're exploring fascinating areas of how diaspora can and are already working with their uh, families back in the islands in terms of, let's call it for what it could be, climate financing through remittances. Let's call it for what it would be, climate education through the conversation. Um, and so this these are sort of facets of this, you know, right now, very small project, but uh, could grow, uh, that they will not only bring together existing knowledges, but also Pacific researchers, as well as Australian researchers, to understanding what the future will be for the Pacific in terms of uh, climate security.
0: Yeah.
1: So perhaps, um, I guess, before we come to that, I just wanted to maybe pick up on a, a few things which Salah talked about in this uh, research, um, because, you um, I'm just kind of picking up some synergies and, simil- and, and, and synergies and similarities with where I'm coming from in terms of building that broader perspective around regional security. And that, you know, one of the things that I will also be um, exploring in this research is to really try and understand our own specific philosophies, knowledge and value systems around you know how have these things contributed to the resilience of our own people during this humanitarian disaster and during you know broader having to deal with things like climate change and 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 whatnot um, and so I'm really interested in in the approach that um, you're also taking, Salah, and kind of like the dimensions you're exploring in this research because I see lots of synergies with also where I'm taking um, um, the direction I'm taking um, this this piece of uh, research. So yeah, it's all all really really interesting. Um, I had also done, and then last week I have worked on a was working on a for something else on a remittance piece about remittances in the Pacific. And you know, as I was working on that, I was thinking exactly what you were saying about you know how do we link you know. But the Pacific being like the one region in the world that is so dependent on remittance, and here we are talking about regional security. You know, is could this potentially be a key pillar of that? Is it a key pillar of of regional security? Um, and and was actually kind of thinking that in the background as i was working on that piece on on remittance so it's really interesting to hear the conversation around climates and um, remittances security around um, climates and the link to remittance education security and human security more broadly so really really interested Salah to uh, link with you and and to be able to have further conversations around that um, to also kind of help me, I guess, better shape and better frame my own research question and the parameters of of what I'm doing. But in terms of um, next steps, um, um, you know, I guess from a technical point of view, we have our own timeline around things that we need to, the milestones that I need to be uh, meeting ahead of actually taking my field research that you both are aware of. But in terms of where I sit in this organization, you know, I will continue to build on um, my work, my networks, the the conversations at the technical and policy level to assist me with my research. Um, I'm also engaged in the work that's happening across CROP on the 2050 Blue Pacific um, Strategy. Uh, And... um, you know, more specifically, the work around creating alternative futures for the Pacific. What are some of the alternative futures? What will be the preferred future for this region? And how does that then fit in with with the kind of research that I'm doing? So that, you know, one of the the things that I would like to be, that I would be looking at um, in this research would be a debate around alternative futures for Pacific regional security. And that would be one of the key discussion points that I would bring in this research and therefore look to the work that I do, my current networks and engagements in the broader regional work to assist me with that. And maybe I'll stop there. (laughs)
0: Sounds like some really interesting discussions to be had and research to be done in the region coming up soon. Before we finish up today, is there anything else that either of you would like to bring up? Uh, for me, it will just be to perhaps acknowledge
1: um, this opportunity. I acknowledge the support of my uh, supervisor, Dr Rwani Ngashu, so far. She's been brilliant. Um, It's like, as you can appreciate, it's never easy to try and do these things from a distance and to do this and to operate in a virtual relationship. But it's worked really well. Um, It's kind of really, really pushed me to my limits, but it's great. (laughs) It's exciting. And um, I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) And also acknowledging the support of the Australia Pacific Security College for this um, opportunity that's allowed me to do this. And thank you both for this conversation this morning.
2: One of the key areas that we promote in within academia is the growth and the strength. Of research in the Pacific. But moreover, what's more important and rewarding for us is to see new scholars coming through. And it's a privilege not only to be here with Eliora, but also with Leituala. Um, as they as she embarks on her research, Pacific Islanders need to occupy the space within the research area as well, not only within policy, but also within research. And as we try to conceptualize what security is in the region, it's also important that we have Pacific Islanders within universities to do that, wherever we are at, whether in the Pacific or outside of the Pacific or beyond the Pacific. Um, and so um, thank you very much for this opportunity, and I hope... Uh,
1: can, yeah. I, can I... If I can make... just, I just thought of an important point, which I think would be key, I don't know if, and then you can remove it Eliora if you feel it's, um, but just wanted to pick up on what you're saying, George. I totally agree with you, George, about Pacific Islanders occupying this space. Um, I guess it's also one of the motivations for me. Um, The other thing too is I'm a really strong advocate of the need to connect the bridge between policy, research, research, policy and practice. Um, and the challenges from a practitioner's perspective and from a policy perspective to kind of continuously come to, um, to kind of conti- continuously see those gaps and the disconnects across those three areas. Um, and and so I feel like as I do this and as I'm positioned here in in this organization. It's also, I guess, a way of directly influencing that spectrum so that we're making the connections, we're joining the dots, and that um, what we do in the academia space is well, in terms of our research, is well reflected in the policy dialogue and the policy conversations that are affecting decisions and um, actions that, as a region, we would have to implement after all. So, um, you know, it's one of the things that I feel feel really, really strongly about. Um, we often hear that in spaces that we engage in, but I think we need to be making some concerted efforts to bridge that gap. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, and it's one of the things that... I hope through the work that I do um, in this research would begin to kind of fill those gaps and and bridge those gaps where they are.
0: I could not agree more. Um, I actually think we can end on that note. I want to thank you both for joining me on this episode of The Pacific Wayfinder. Leituala Kwinselani, Toilupe Tango, Elisara and Salah, Dr. George Carter, thank you both for sharing your knowledge of lava. Uh, That wraps up another episode of the Pacific Wayfinder. You can find a link to this episode on our website, pacificsecurity.net. You can always find us on Facebook at Australia Pacific Security College or on Twitter at PSC underscore ANU. And you can listen to the Pacific Wayfinder on Google, Apple and Spotify podcasts. The music or the theme song that you are currently listening to is Tabaran by Not Drowning Waving. Please tune in next time for more discussions on the Pacific Wayfinder.